on the Netflix side. Well, I've Sharon, what's to... yours? I'm oh, sorry, sorry, sorry Sean. Um, I think we're alone now. My I th- oh, oh. Netflix film. <laughs> I, I think you know, we're I actually alone thought you... now. I actually thought you were just saying that. I didn't realize that you're actually saying the name of the film. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, really? Sean's there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get ready to rumble! Hello and welcome to the podcast that has recently been quoted by the BBC. Well, maybe not quite, but when you see a headline on the BBC that says, is Netflix killing cinema? And that is kind of like a tagline. You kind of start to put two and two together. My name is Tosin and I will be your host for the next hour or so of you listening to, uh, to, to, listening to this. And I'm based up in Midlands, in, well, in the Midlands in Coventry. With me on the Isle of Wight are Sharon. Hello. And Sean. Hiya. How are you guys doing today? Oh, We're yeah, doing remarkably well, thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's been one of those days where I've been in and out of house, you know, doing different jobs, and it's like in for a bit, out for a bit, in for a bit, out for a bit. So, I think I've been in and out sort of like five or six times today. So um, well, yeah, it's quite because... nice to be sat down. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's but... it. And me, me, I've um, as I say, there's not been huge amounts at the cinema that I've seen this week, you know. So. Mm-hmm. I'm a bit. I'm, I'm. I'm sort of slacking a little bit. I was away. I was away. Yes, I was away last week, so I've got some sort of excuse. But um, <laughs> but I've, as I say, I found myself. You know, we're on about the Netflix thing, watching quite a lot of documentaries. Which um, you know, but anyway. So so yeah, they're basically that's what I've done. I've had. I've I've come in and I've thought I must go to the cinema. I must go to the cinema. But then I've just sat down for a little while and I've just sort of flicked to see if anything interesting is on. And then I've got into something. So. So I don't know. I, hope, I really hope Netflix isn't 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 like suckering me in. My month three month subscription, my three month subscription runs out tomorrow. So I'm gonna gonna do what Sharon did and have another month and yeah. see how it goes. Uh, well, you see, like, I don't want to get suckered. I don't want to get suckered. It does. Your your consumption does slow down. I've known that mine is remarkably slowed down because okay. you binge watch it when you first get yeah. there, and now I'm thinking. You know, one film a week is all I'm managing. So it's getting to that point where I it's like crunch time again for me. I think. Cool. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. So this is this is the this is the thing because Sean, you are you are an avowed lover of cinema. You love the Indeed. cinematic experience. You love going to the cinema, watching stuff, and I think you're the kind of person who who cries about the fact that they don't make films in cinemascope anymore or something. Yeah, that's right. Exactly right. Yeah, they don't shoot them on celluloid and, you know, yeah, they don't make them big widescreen versions. And Yeah, so... Yeah. But, so, yeah. but you're saying that... But you're getting worried that the convenience <laughs> of Netflix is getting to you. I am. I am. I'm, I am. I'm getting quite quite concerned, to be honest. I'm thinking, oh, my God. You know, instead of going out... Whereas before... I mean, I used to go out a lot, but I'm finding myself staying in. And I'm not sure if I'm happy about that or not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I like the idea of going out because otherwise you can just become like a couch potato and I've put yeah, on like, yeah, like yeah. weight. I've put on weight, so I'm a bit, you know, I need to yeah. lose some weight. <laughs> and gonna... I think we found as well, because we are cinema goers, yeah. we see all the cinema releases that get released onto Netflix, so it's not that content that is of interest. It's the stuff that we've missed. We've you know? missed, yeah. And a few things I've thought, oh, I wouldn't yeah. mind seeing that again. And I've gone to have a look through the back catalogue, see if they've got it. And they haven't got it. No, that's, that's <laughs> it. I'm thinking, hey, that's one of the ones I wanted to see. <laughs> and because it's like, it, you feel like it should be instant gratification. That if you want yeah. it, it should be there. And you feel a bit cheated yeah. when it's not. The thing so is, thinking, yeah. hey, yeah, what's going I, on I, here? I, I looked for the Wild Bunch and they didn't have the Wild Bunch. Yeah. But um, one thing that, that is quite convenient, I suppose, if you go away, is you can download films. You can, yes. so you can save them. But having said that, I did that with Fury. I thought, because I love Fury. Fury's like yes. a top film. And I thought, oh, I'll download Fury. Yeah. And I went to watch it on the ferry when I was around the ferry, and it said no longer available. So I don't know how that works. And it said, and it's not, oh. it, was, it wasn't on Netflix, so it's not. So obviously they must only have them for a certain amount yeah. of time, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, they must, they, be, they they must have, have a time they, period. They they have the license for a while, which is, and we don't want to get into it, but okay, which yeah. is what's, which is, no, 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 I mean, no, I mean, this, this particular thing I'm about to mention, because it's, um, it's what, it's, it's what's coming up with the fact that you have Netflix and, um, <coughs> oh, excuse me, uh, they, you have all the different, um, so sort of like, you know, for instance, Disney, Disney Plus, they're starting up their own screaming, streaming service. You, this week we heard that the BBC and ITV want to come something called Britbox. Yes, and I saw I that on the that, news. 
yeah, they're trying to fight with Netflix. And so what they're going to do is that they're just going to wait for the licensing with Netflix to run out. And I think they're going to pull all their content from Netflix to... So all of a sudden, uh, in a couple of years, you won't find any BBC shows on Netflix because they'll all be on BritBox. And you won't find any Disney shows, and that includes the Marvel, the Star Wars. You won't find them on Netflix because they'll all be on Disney+. Plus. And this, so the license goes out after a while. Netflix doesn't have the right to show it. And I think Netflix saw this coming, which is why they are churning out a whole bunch of original content. Yes, I think they've got to yeah. make it pay, haven't they? Yeah. And I think that's the only thing yeah. that's keeping me is the original stuff that keeps coming. Because yeah. you can more or less guarantee you get a release a week of original content. Yeah, and I mean, I mean <laughs> that... Much. <laughs> That, that, you know, there are a couple of good series on there, which I think are Netflix originals. So it's, it's good for that. If, if yeah. you're into your series and you want to Yeah, or exclusives. Watch, or exclusives uh, there's a couple yeah. of exclusives, like the Star Trek Discovery. Yeah. That's one of the yes. series I've been watching. And I think it's not made by them, but it's exclusive to them, to I them, believe. Yeah. Yeah, it's exclusive to them outside of America. Yeah. So it's, right. it's right. like a joint thing because in America, they have an on, it's only shown on an online thing called CBS All Access, but internationally, right. oh, okay. Netflix. So, so most of the people in the world who we see will see it on Netflix. In America, you see it on CBS Access. All oh, right, okay. That's another yeah, so pay, it's, pay for pay per view service, is it? It's another. It's kind of like yeah. um, from what I can understand, it's like so because CBS obviously is an American channel, yeah, and C, uh, or network as they call it, and it's the CBS's version of iPlayer. Ah, oh, right. Okay, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So they can still they they can still show commercials and stuff, I guess, all the way through. Yeah, well, in the, well because I think you would, when you watch something like Discovery, you see that. Well, actually, I think because it's online, they only show it online. Oh right, okay. I don't, I don't know what they do about. I don't know what they do about adverts. I really, really don't know what they do about adverts with that. Well, I guess we'll find out, Sean. The next time you go to America, your mission is <laughs> to watch CBS All Access yeah, and figure I, out whether they show any of commercials. I'm sure they do. Shows. It is America, after all, and they yeah. all everything shows commercials. I tell you one thing that I'm really, I, I, and it's more and more. I, I used to love YouTube, but now you've got to pay mm-hmm. for that if you want, don't want the adverts because you get an advert that comes in like every. Oh, yeah. Every 30 seconds, you know, when you're watching, and you're just like... You can't watch a whole program. Yeah, you can't watch, and it's like, what, what's going on? Skip ads, some skip of them ad. you can't skip, and others no. you've got to watch yeah. the whole thing. I know, so, I mean, unless you pay. So, that's a shame, really, but... Yeah, well, they, uh, they need to make their money somehow. They do, do, yeah, it's like, exactly. Right. It's like the BBC, they make their money because they say license fee. That's so, it. it's like... So, yeah, uh, I have a little bit... I have a little bit of... Even though I feel like sometimes <coughs> the adverts get a bit too much, I have a little bit of sympathy for that. Yeah. Um. All right, cool. But I know that sometimes we can just get carried away and just keep going on and on and on about stuff, which... To be honest with you, I love them. I absolutely love them, but I realize, oh no, we have some stuff we had to get through. But, <laughs> because I, I, quite frankly, would just chat to you guys for ages. Um, but the Oscars, did you guys see the Oscars, hear about the results? What did you think? I didn't watch it, but I did look in the, I, the I following morning, it. and I, never, I don't think I've ever seen it. Uh, but I do, <laughs> <laughs> but I did look up to see who'd won what. And now there's yeah. a few surprises. I must admit, I'm surprised that Green Book won Best Picture. I liked I think it, shock, but I wasn't shock is sure. More it, like it. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure that it was like a best picture, no. but I certainly thought it was a good film. Yeah, but yeah, I'm surprised yeah. that came out on top. Well, I'm not as devastated as I was when like Braveheart won. <laughs> do you think? Do you think there was any? <laughs> that was a dreadful win. It was. But, that was. Do you think there's any politics involved in that? I don't oh, no, know. No, I no, think the, it's on message at the, the moment, Academy. isn't it? It's all about yeah. This is what we want to promote. Is this is what the Oscars are about? By not having a host because of things he'd said in the past and by they're thinking, yeah, we're going to be, you know, multicultural. We're going to be embracing of different sexualities. We're going to be embracing of, you know, women being involved in different roles. So I think, I think definitely they've wanted to say the Oscars are not this sort of, you know, old fashioned old dinosaurs anymore. We are moving with the times. And I think some of these choices look a bit political. the, the, The Oscars are, the Oscars are massively political. They're massively political and there's campaigning. I mean, once you hear campaign and people are campaigning, oh, yeah, this guy was in our film. Vote for him for best actor because it's a voting thing. It's massively political. So that's what... So I think Green Book, because I remember when we, when we um, reviewed Green Book, I said the, the thing with it is once the film starts, it goes exactly where you expect it to go. 
Like you mm. see something in the in the opening scene, and you're like, okay, cool. So that guy by the by the final frame is going to realize the error of his ways, and is going to realize that all oh, people are people too, and maybe I shouldn't have my racist tendencies anymore. And that's exactly what happens. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, and so for me, I thought I liked Green Book a lot, but I thought there were at least three films on that list that were better than it. So, <laughs> so who would have you had given the gong? Who would have you had said? And the winner is, according to Chosen, who would you have gone for? So yeah, for me, well, the thing is, I look at it and I think I would have given it to Vice over. I would give it to Vice over um, Green Book. I think I would just about. I would. I think Black Klansmen was on there for so sort of like you know yeah 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 a consolation that I don't think they were ever going to give it to Black Klansmen because you know because you know what you were saying about the certain things that are on point because after the Oscar so white controversy a couple of years ago and yes. all that it, if they were really wanted to go and they wanted to say yeah we're doing something they would have they would have given it to Black Klansmen but I think Black Klansmen is just too it's too Spike Lee. It's too angry. It's too. It's just too far in the other direction. So I, I don't think that they. I don't think that was ever going to win it. So I think Green Book was kind of like that middle of the road, and it's a problem that Oscars have had. Like you know, it's that middle of the road movie that everybody can go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's give it this and let's make it. And that's. I, I think it. It. it be, I think it became the mediocre choice because, yeah. quite frankly, I do not. I do not think it was the best film. I. No. I. It did I remind up, me when I watched it. Of driving yeah, Miss yeah, Daisy, and I believe that one didn't it a few years ago. Yeah, that one. Quite a few and years ago now. Be- yeah, I think nineteen ninety, and it it also beat a Spike Lee movie to win. Yeah. <laughs> so he hey, he was, yeah he he was actually making comments afterwards. He was kind of like, it seems that every time somebody's driving somebody, I lose. <laughs> every time, it's, it's like it's like Green Book. He said it's pretty much driving Miss Daisy. Just reverse the races. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so 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 personally, I I yeah, I, I mean, Green Book winning was the uh, it it. Yeah, I don't think the Academy covered the stuff in glory. I do not think that was the best film of last year by any chance. I mean, on that list, I'm giving it to Vice, Black Klansman. Let's see what the films were on that list. Yeah, I like, I, I really like Black Klansman. I think Black Klansman was a, but I'm surprised. I mean, I've spoken about these films Roma before. Was on there. Where Roma, people were expecting yeah. Roma. You saw yeah, Roma, I would have given, I would have, no. I would have given it to Roma above um, before I would given it to Green Book. Yeah. See, there was no. I mean, was Leave No Trace this year? Was that no, this year? That was last year. All right. Yeah. No, no, it was it was on the Oscars for this year. I think it actually had one oh, nomination. Okay. Yeah, it was leave leave no trace is one of the films people have been yelling about, saying why was this not nominated? Why yeah. was this just totally ignored in the acting categories, in the directing categories? So it's uh, yeah, leave no trace was I think was nominated for one one of the technical categories, but was it screenplay or something like that? But it was not nominated generally with the way people thought because a lot of people have agreed with you, Sean, and said that that should have been in in the yeah. nomination for best picture. Yes, I think so. Yeah, it was a class film. It was a class. See, was... all of us, everybody on that. Do you know? Everyone who's seen it have been yep. like, yeah, that is. I mean, it's... when I was on the plane going away and, and I was talking to sort of the person next to me and they were looking through the films, I said, that's a really good film. And she said to me after you watched, she said, yes, that was a really good film. So, I mean, everybody, every you know, everybody I've spoken yeah. to have said what a good film it is. I think is. it just went under the radar a little bit. And I think yeah, those I think sort of films did. are ones you really want to push and say, you really should see this. Yeah. But they tend to get well overlooked by something that's slightly flashier yeah. or mm. a bit more con- a bit more um, conventional. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, a bit more conventional. That, I think that's the thing. And uh, I'm, I'm just really, really uh, I'm really saddened about Green Book winning because I'm like, it just wasn't the best film. Come on. No. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I mean, from what I've heard, I mean, Sharon, how would you rate it against the favourites? Because you've seen the favourites. I think. No, I haven't actually. That's me that's seen the yeah. favourites. Sean who's seen the favourites. Oh, favorite. yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah I, yeah, Sean, I mean. I enjoyed the favourite, but I, I don't think it was. I don't think it was. Was um, I wouldn't better say, than Green Book. No, no. So last I year, um, I put it on a par. But the Shape of Water one, and I wouldn't have. Now oh. that a year's gone by, oh. you tend to think, you know, oh yeah, that was a big deal at the time. But now I don't think it. People have almost like forgotten it. So yeah. I think sometimes the best picture is not the best picture, picture. out there. No, no, I, I, yeah. that's it. Yeah. And I think the, the Shape of Water. In a few years' time, people I, are going to say, "Is it like the Emperor's New Clothes?" I yeah. don't see much in it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I mean, yeah. I, 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 in it, those films, I, I'd forgotten about those films. You're exactly yeah. right when you say things like that. You've forgotten about, you know, some of the some of the movies that you've sort of watched. But 
know, yeah, for me, for me, that's that's just two years in a row where the Academy has made weird, weird decisions regarding best film. Yeah, because sure. <laughs> they've made weird, because I'm like, what the, what, how? Because I mean, Shape of Water. Uh, I mean, I've I've gone on record saying I was not a big fan of that film. I thought no, it was way too. I thought, I thought it was, it was okay, overhyped. but I didn't think it was. I didn't think it oh, was yeah, absolutely. It, you know, it didn't blow it me away. It wasn't the fairy tale fantasy that no. I was expecting it to be. That was, it was enchanting and magical and. No, it wasn't. But but as I say, when you when you talk about films, when you talk about films, you think, you know, um, the, I think all the films I've seen, it's the ones that stick in your mind. Yes. Like, and we keep coming back, and we've said this over numerous weeks, and I know it's probably a short time, but films like Leave No Trace, they stick in your mind. Yeah. They're there. They resonate. Whereas Shape of Water, like you said, <laughs> you've forgotten about it until you mentioned it again. Never quite, never sort of crossed my mind. So, yeah, those films that stick with you, I think, mm. are the ones you you remember. So, so yeah, so you know, we'll, we'll see anyway. But yeah, it's nice yep. to see Olivia Coleman got best yeah. actress. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I think she's, yeah, she's likable, isn't cute. she? So we don't mind her. <laughs> no, get went something. Yeah, I, I was I was rooting for Glenn Close. I was looking for Glenn Close to win best best actress, but uh, Olivia Coleman, I'll take that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Black Panther got a couple of wins, did it? Yeah, it got it got it got a couple of wins. Costume. It got wins for costume. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry. Yeah, I thought that was one big win. That's one thing I like about. I did. I thought that film, I, I, in Black Panther film, I thought that really showed the African culture. And to me, yeah. it seemed like the different types of clothes were from. You know, you could see from that continent, and and, yeah. and it was really, really nice and colourful. And they'd obviously done their yeah, research. Yeah, they'd seen it. Yeah. You don't mix and match them. You this is a look, and look, this is yeah. a look, or this is yeah. a yeah. historical reference, and they well, sort of tried well, to keep it pure, didn't they? Or do they not? I mean, well, I'm seeing it as yeah. someone who's never stepped. I mean, in the, I mean, the clothing was actually the costumes were were, were, were fabulous. I no, the costumes were absolutely brilliant. And and oh, as an African, what I can say is that you can see the um the influences from different countries around Africa that they put into it. Like I've I've told you guys about me, sort of like almost kind of like hitting the roof when he walks in, and there's something called kente that comes from Ghana that's actually incorporated into his outfit. And you're like, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> and so so you can see that, and I think. For for people who maybe have never been to Africa or anything like that, uh, to been to any African country, I think it's it's quite good. It's it's good to that they can see that and they can have a. It's almost like an intro into it. It's not. Uh, I mean, I've, I've said before, it is not quite African. It's because, for instance, the the film. Anyway, I'm, I'm just I'm just going to yep. say yes. They okay. did a good yeah, work. Yeah. They, they did a good cool. job. I'm not going to go into that. That's not what we that's not what we're here to talk about. But it, yeah, it's it's. I wouldn't say it's entirely African, but okay. it's really, really good. That's give, my thing. It gives you a flavor. It gives you a flavor. It gives you, it gives you a flavor. It goes into different... It, 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 it did a very, very good job. I think good. it did a very, very good job. There's still work to be done, but it did a very good job. Excellent. All right, cool. Okay, cool. <clears throat> and also, seeing as we're talking about Netflix versus cinema, the big, one of the big stories was the fact that best picture... No, no, sorry, no, best director... And best um, cinematography both went to Roma, which was Netflix. As far as I was concerned, it was their big play, the big play for we are coming in here to mess the party up. We're gonna come in here. We're gonna steal your China. So I I, I think that they they I think they've done a really good job with that. I think Roma. I think I would agree. Of all the films that were nominated for best director, I think Roma is the one that probably has the strongest vision of what a director's trying to do where you can look at this and you go yeah that's a director's film so i'm okay with that i'm okay, okay with that's that. even cool. though yeah. yeah um even though yeah quite frankly i i really have a soft spot for vice <laughs> and and rami malek as freddie mercury getting the best actor i'm like mm, I, mm, don't know about that i don't give him to christian bale but <laughs> yeah i mean i i liked bohemian rhapsody but i don't think it was the best film or he was the best no, because he was playing a Act, part, wasn't he, was, he really? Um, and he might yeah. have looked good and all that, but at the end of the day, you're still still playing a part. You know, well, no, yeah, but I think it's I think it's a brilliant performance. But it's the same thing you could say about Christian Bale with playing Dick Cheney. It's I think Rami Malek is a brilliant performance in Bohemian Rhapsody. I just think that Christian Bale's was better. Okay, uh, it's fair dues. <laughs> I haven't seen Bohemian Rhapsody, so so I can't comment. You haven't. But. Oh, no, no, I haven't I seen, it, but I've seen Voice, so and I did did think that was that was a good movie, and he was. But I mean, I'm a major, major Christian Bale fan. I've I've loved him in everything. Yeah. I liked him in that Hostiles. I thought to me that is such the, a good film. See, that was a good film a few years ago. That's yeah, Hostiles. You know, that, there's that bit where he shows he shows the whole lot of emotions, doesn't he? He goes through the whole 
You know what I mean? Especially that bit when yeah. he has to walk away and he has to, he has to sort of get himself together. There's a bit like that in yeah. Fury as well at the beginning where Brad Pitt has to walk away and, and you sort of see him physically get him, pull himself together. But uh, yeah, no, Christian Bale is great in everything. Yeah, it all goes back to Fury. Yeah, it, <laughs> he does transform. Yeah. <laughs> it all comes back to Fury for sure. Yeah. I actually wonder what would have happened if they'd cast Christian Bale in Fury. I think he would just have like, you know, died and gone to heaven. <laughs> I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it would have been. I mean, I love Brad Pitt too. I mean, two, two of my top, well, my, I suppose my three favorite actors of this sort of, of contemporary actors now is Brad Pitt, Leonardo DiCaprio and Christian Bale. And I think they're, yeah. they're, they're like super, super actors. And I'm so like we're I'm, we're ahead of everybody else, and I'm looking forward to the Tarantino film Once Upon a Time in Hollywood oh, because two of those two of those are in it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, all right. Okay. Um, let's crack on. Yeah, let's crack. <laughs> so on. let's let's crack on. So um, earlier in this, you you might have heard me say something about the BBC copying us, and essentially, if you look on our Twitter account, that's Netflix vs Cinema, you would see that earlier this week we posted. Um, a video from the BBC that actually asked the question, is Netflix killing cinema? There are some statistics from that that I think are really, really interesting about viewing figures and how ne- well, um, that is weird that even as Netflix view- Netflix subscribers has gone off, so have cinema cinema view- um, attendances, which I thought was really, really weird. But, um, but we can talk about that later. But now we're going to go into the section of the show where we talk about what we've seen in the cinema and compare it to what we've seen on Netflix this week. So we're going to kick off with a big one, Cold Pursuit. Cold Pursuit, Co- yes. Cold yes, Pursuit. Yes, this is a uh, slightly controversial, not because of the film, but because of co- the remarks obviously Liam Neeson made be- yeah, beforehand. Yes. <laughs> it, it, this was the film that sadly got is, its premiere cancelled because of some comments that um, Liam Neeson made, but more, more to the fact, I think, due to the reaction to the comments that Liam Neeson made. So, Sean, do you want to take this one up and tell us, uh, so Cold Pursuit, what, what do you Cold, think? Cold Pursuit, okay. Um, what did I think of the film? Well, um, yeah, it was okay. Liam Neeson, he's made a lot of these sort of movies recently, hasn't he, with um, Non-Stop and, and some of the Very others. Very briefly, just, what's it about? Oh, what's it about? Okay, basically, it's about, uh, it starts off with someone gets killed and the sort of guy finds out it's his son and it's end up that it's a little bit in, involved with, with drugs and that. So he decides who he wants, you know, he's going to find the people who killed his son and basically get his revenge. So it's basically a revenge movie that actually sums it all up. Yeah. I mean, there's some interesting yeah. twists, twists because you've got the, you know, you've got like uh, some Native Americans in there, which I think is quite an interesting. For me, yeah, it had moments I liked. And I'm gonna, I, I mean, I just, moments that are stupid. It's like, yeah, you would do that. You would not do that. Why would you do that? Why would you come in like blazing like there that? Was, it just yeah. would not happen. And so, There was yeah. one particular scene, wasn't there? With a, was about five, let's just say, with it, well, there's one thing I was yeah. seeing with the hitman. You oh, think, God. I didn't know oh, a successful yeah. hitman could be so oh, stupid. My oh, my yeah, God. yeah, yeah, you yeah, yeah. Yep. I know and exactly what you mean. <laughs> y- y- you know, and it is, I mean, I suppose, <laughs> you know, for, for a fun film, it was okay, but I mean, I had quite, I had quite a few issues with it. To be fair, well, well you know, the, the thing with this uh, was it's because, as you say, it's pretty much Liam Neeson has made a lot of revenge thrillers recently, and um, this is essentially Liam Neeson does revenge thriller in the snow. <laughs> that's yeah. pretty, that's pretty, and, he's done it in the desert. He's done it in the city. He's done it in planes, trains, and now he's gravestones. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he's. I think at the moment he's just he's just having fun. He's just showing up for the paycheck. Going, yeah, who do I need to punch? And and he's going with it. But the thing when the trailer for this came out, because I haven't seen the last couple of Liam Neeson revenge thrillers. When the trailer for this came out, I actually thought actually there's something different about this. This film seems to be in on the joke. It seems to realize how silly these things are, and it's making it. There's just a couple of lines in the trailer, and the way the trailer was done, that made me think they're making fun of the whole thing. And Personally speaking, I feel like the, the the final film actually follows through with that. I feel like there's there's scenes in it that I found myself laughing, where it's it's like darkly comic, it's like this dark humor. Like th- there's one particular. 
there's one particular scene in the in the first because obviously he's going through and trying to find everybody responsible for his son's death and he wants and just wiping them out and the first killing that he does in the film there's a bit in it where I actually laughed out loud and immediately thought, oh my God, I don't think I'm supposed to be laughing. He's killing somebody. <laughs> and, and, it's, and I feel like they just kept doing things like that throughout the film, which I, I, I personally quite liked. And I felt it was, it was kind of like they, they'd, they'd sort of like, we know Liam Neeson does a lot of these films. Now we're going to take the piss a little. I, th- I think this is based on a Norwegian film called The In Order of Disappearance. On a, so, you know, it, is, it is, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I haven't the, seen the, that the, film. The same, di- the same director who directed that film directed this film. Oh, right, okay, so me, it's probably similar. Well, it makes me want to go see that film. because Yeah, it does. It's wrong, actually. Yeah. Be- because there's bits of this that start hinting at something that's a little bit more... Um, Gritty. Philo- philosophical, actually. Right, yeah. Philosophical, like, you know, the whole thing is like when the Native Americans show up and they, yeah. there's this whole... There's this thread running through of the film of sort of like racism and what what has happened and how these different people see different people like the fact that even the native americans have an actual indian who is because obviously native americans the people the white people in the film refer to them as indians so like almost sort of dismissively and the native americans there's a bit where they go wow well, get the indian to do it so you realize that they have an actual person from the country of india who works <laughs> <Yeah>. for them <laughs> and and it's and like that and it's all these sort of throwaways and i feel like there's something in there about racism and about race and about how different people work in different ways and there's this thing about um it's it, okay you know a bit like in hostiles we're talking about hostiles and there's this thing about the fact that uh you have all the people of european descent who show up and there's a thing of we are on their land why what, what right do we have to do this to their land and it's weird because there's that element in cold pursuit which are like wait wait what earth are they doing with this but well, it makes me want to see the the original Norwegian film because I feel like those I feel those are the kind of themes that they will probably have gone in deeper into in a Norwegian film that might work in Norwegian. But once you translate yeah. it to Hollywood, because in work as Norway well. it's the Sami, isn't it? The the Sami tribe who are probably. the northern in the Arctic Circle who are treated like second class citizens. There, right. oh, you see, um, I did not know that. No, I did yeah, not. Know they that. have got their sort of like almost indigenous people oh, right. who. Um, were like reindeer I, herders in of times gone by, oh, wow. but they're regarded as being, you know, the, yeah, just like the, the sort of yeah, yeah like, just, like you do in like most most countries, I guess. But they're sort of an indigenous, yeah. But, but on yeah, about I think that, I really like, I really like the the bit in the resort where they're checking in. <laughs> that was, yeah. I that was, you I can't get that in without a reservation. <laughs> it's like, I what? That was, it's like, yeah. it's like, you need a reservation. Yeah. yeah. Like, did you just really say that to me? Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And, it, and the way it goes, do you have any idea what I could do to you? That's On it. Yeah. Yelp. <laughs> and it's, and so that's the thing. This film constantly made me laugh. And yeah, it, I guess. It, if, it, yeah. It, it made me just think that they, they realized that the whole idea of the Liam Neeson revenge thriller is becoming a bit of a trope. And I think they use that to their advantage. Like there's, there's, they even have these recurring motifs of what he does when he, when he actually kills somebody, which each time they, each time they went back to it, it made me crack up. And it is, it was so, I was like, Oh my God, Oh my God, he's dumping a body and I'm laughing my head off. What is wrong with me? But, but I think, it, I think you're supposed to laugh at it, but still it's, it's a little bit weird. <laughs> but, so, but I, I really enjoy the, film. and I know that it's, it's a bit all over the place. There's some bits of it that like, like what you were saying, if you want, if you're trying to look for logic, there's things that just do not make sense. There's things that you think if this person was actually a trained killer, why the heck would they do that? That makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. If this person was, and, and there's a, and weirdly enough, a film that I would, ref, I would compare it to is Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. Yeah, you see, see the, I, loads of yeah. people love that film. All my mates say it's the best film and like snatching that. It's okay, but I don't, I'm not like a major, major fan of it, but yeah, people love that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's me. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but, uh, but I know that there's a bit, but I'm sure you guys know the bit, like, towards the end, like, the way the sort of, the climax is sort of builds up to, there is, the, it, there's a scene in Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels that, all I can say is Zorba the Greek, the Zorba yeah. the Greek yes. scene. Yeah. It, 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 feel, it, it made me think a lot of that. And then the film ends on a very, once again, this sort of philosophical note that or philosophical shot that is preceded by another bit of really, really, really dark humor. And, and I was just kind of like, this film is bonkers. This film is all over the place. But quite frankly, I love it. <laughs> I, I really, really enjoy the film. 
So, Sharon, what, Sharon, oh, oh, okay, well, Sharon, we'll let you have the final word before we say what, what how many stars would give it. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, I mean, I, I must admit, I didn't quite buy into the, um, the black humor so much. I yeah. could see elements of humor in it, but I thought as a sort of thriller with black humor, I didn't find it very thrilling or very funny. So I would say I would probably had a more tempered response <laughs> than we <laughs> did. But I oh, can yeah. see that, you know, it's Liam Neeson doing what Liam Neeson does, isn't it, really? Yes, it is, really. It's been a few years since he was in, like, The Mission or Mission, um, Excalibur. So, you know, this is, a, this is what Liam Neeson does. It's so, a pay packet, and it? It's a wage yeah. packet, I guess. <laughs> so you have to take it for what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll leave it at that. I don't want to be too harsh. <laughs> no, 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 no. Feel free, feel free. But, okay, so how many stars would you give it? I think this is when the harshness comes out. I would give it a... a, a three okay I, I would okay. have to i would have to concur i'll give it a three because it was entertaining enough but, but and i had some issues with it so it's okay to watch it's liam nielsen yeah i mean i say you watch it it's and like, then you yeah, forget about it by the time you got it. home yeah, i think that's it, yeah. yeah so i'll give it i'll okay. give it a three star as well oh cool i was expecting a two from sharon i yeah. personally would uh, i personally uh, i think it just about sneaks into a four for me Right, because okay. I, I think I think that they're doing something a little bit subversive with, with it. I think that they know that look, the Liam Neeson trope is, the, and so th- there's bits of it that I personally think they're just making fun of the Liam Neeson trope of oh, look at how look how gruff he is, look how hard he is, look how many people he's gonna kill. Uh, oh yeah, he's out on revenge for whatever reason. Uh, so I would I would give it a four. Okay. Cool. <laughs> or, all right, cool. And now we go on to a Netflix film. And this is one that, Sharon, you've seen. And you so you said, I think we're alone now. And you have, yes. you have a track record of going into Netflix and finding things I have never heard about before. So, <laughs> Yeah, I think they just randomly come to me. Yeah, I think we're alone and is a 2008, and I think it is a Netflix exclusive, but it, it stars um, Peter Dinklage. So I've only got Ooh. a very small cast. There's only five... No, there's only four talking parts in it. It's Peter Dinklage with Ellie or Elle Fanning, um, with yep. then smaller roles by Charlotte Gainsbourg and Paul Giamatti. And basically, Ooh. we find ourselves oh, without my. really any explanation in a post-apocalyptic world. Oh, another one. Oh, right. Where people, we think people have just died of, <laughs> of some sort of illness. Because you, the opening scenes are, you see Peter Dinklage's character basically cleaning out a house. He's checking for perishables. He's checking for food that he can keep. And then he's basically taking care of a body that's been found in like a bedroom. And then you see him take it away to this vast, vast graveyard and where he's basically been going road by road. He's been clearing his town. He's the last person left in his town. And he's found a way of living. He's um, moved into a flat in the local library and he's basically going through all the lent library books and he's going and retrieving all the books and restoring the library to perfect order and he's just finding a way of just getting by day by day by you know going through the town clearing it out and then just creating order out of what seemingly is chaos and then into his yeah. order suddenly this young girl comes screeching in <laughs> and basically disrupts everything and then you see how he has to adjust to having someone else around, having got used to the idea of him being completely alone. And then she brings with her um, some baggage. And so I won't tell you any more than that. So it is, it's very much, uh, it's quite intense, it's quite a low-key film. Uh, but it's, it's right, yeah. appeals to me, it just appeals to me. I like things that are, are not flashy. It deals with an apocalypse in a in a like a oh yeah everyone's dead sort of way get without with, get on with life yeah yeah you don't see the sickness and the coffin and the dying this is like it's months after that most of these bodies are past the juicy stage so they are they're sort they're of gone. desiccated yeah. so they're easier to sort of dis- dispose of whether they're not still sort of oozy so yeah. it's yes it's like so you get you get the feeling that this is quite a long time after these traumatic events and people are finding their own way through and then you meet charlotte and paul charlotte gainsborg and paul giamatti and they have a different way of coping with the post-apocalyptic world and you see how these two um, ideologies come up against each other <laughs> so yes, it's a quiet. Yeah, Paul Giamatti. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. See now, I, 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 I some film. I, I don't. I'm not a big fan of 
Paul Giamatti. Well, he's okay in this. I mean, it's not the, the yeah. reason I would watch him. No, I, no, no. I watched it because I just love Peter Dinklage. Uh, yeah. And it did remind me in tone of a film I absolutely adored from a few years ago now that Peter Dinklage did, way before he was Tyrion Lannister, way before yeah. he appeared in a lot of these more popular roles. He did a film called The Station Agent. Um, yeah. about a, a man who inherits a, a train station oh, in the middle wow. of nowhere in America and he forms this sort of group of people around him and it was just the most uh, I, I, that was a film. film I always wanted to see and never got to never got a chance to I saw that anywhere. at the cinema and I was the only person in the screening how cool how cool is that <laughs> and so it was just like, and so I had this obviously this mental picture of seeing yeah. it on this huge screen by myself nice but no that was a perfect film I think in many ways um, The Station Agent so this I felt was in tone this was like you take that Station Agent guy and put him in Apocalypse and this is what you get, this is what you get. and so I, I really rated this film I thought it was it, it took the post-apocalypse world and did something um, a bit different with it Cool. And the fact okay, that your main cool. character is a dwarf, but they never mention his dwarfism. It's never, no one ever, it's never referred to at all. And I think that is, that's perfect as well. Again, in, I think in Station it is referred to a few times and he talks about it in quite a dismissive way. It's like, this mm. is not the most int- interesting thing about me. And I think yeah. in this film, the fact that he's a dwarf is not the most interesting thing about him. So why should you talk about it when there's, there's there's much more interesting things about this guy to unearth than cool. just what he looks like. So yeah, I thought it was a great little film. Oh, right, cool, good. Stuff. So, how many stars did you give it? I would definitely give this a four. Ooh, ooh. You, cool. you know, Sharon, I think I might make you my Netflix agent. I'll just say, Sharon, what have you been watching Netflix this week? I need, yeah. I need something interesting. <laughs> that does sound interesting. Yeah, because Oops. I'm looking at it now and I'm like, oh yeah, I've never. How did I never see this? Yeah, it just popped up on my, you might like this one. And I thought, well, I think I will. (laughs) (laughs) Peter Dinklage. Oh, why not? Why not? Yeah, we'll try that out. All right, cool. And so that's a good one. Good. Netflix, once again, pulling it out. I think it's not actually a Netflix movie. Is it not? Okay. Yeah, no, but it it qualifies because it's a film that you've never actually seen before. No, I've never heard of it before. Yeah, I, I I really don't think this actually came through cinemas here. I really don't think it did. No. And it was only last year, so it's just like, yeah, where did that come from? Yeah, uh, it got the Excellence in Filmmaking Award at the Sundance Film Festival, but we never heard about it. No, we didn't hear about it, did we? Yeah, yeah, we would have missed it. Also, thank you once again. Thank you once again. Sharon is like the Indiana Jones of this (laughs) this book. Finding buried treasure. A very buried, buried treasure. All right, so now we go back to the cinemas and we speak about Instant Family. Sean, you've seen this. Yeah, Instant Family. As I say, I'm not not a major comedy. I'm, I mean, I do. there are a few surprises and I do enjoy them. I'm a bit like Sharon with her animation, with comedies. I, <laughs> yeah. <you know. laughs> um, so, but yeah, so so Instant Family. Basically, it's a story like there's this married couple and they, they've sort of been wanting kids and whatever. So they decide that they're, they're going to foster some, some children. So they go to a foster agency and they obviously say, oh, this, this, this person's interested in that, but there's like three of them. So if you take one, you're going to have to take three. So they decide they're going to take the three. And obviously there's things that happen. They want to, you know, they're trying. And, and it's difficult for them, obviously, which it's bound to be. So yeah. that's basically the you story. Having no kids to three. To three, yeah, yeah. So, that, you know, they built a house. Mark Wahlberg is Mark Wahlberg. You know, he's just, he's just, that's what he is. That's what he is. And now he's, he, he doesn't act. Daddy's he, home and the one he did. Yeah, he, he doesn't act, does he? He doesn't act. He's just no. Mark, he's just Mark Wahlberg. You know, um, and so yeah, so he's exactly the same. It doesn't matter if he's in a serious role or a comedic role or whatever. He's he's Mark Wahlberg, and he can be quite quite clever, I think, in some amusing roles. But what I liked about this film was that, as well as them adopting, you've also got other people that are adopting, and they obviously go to these sessions where they all have to explain what they want and you know, yeah. or how's it going and what's happening and all that. So, and these, these are quite good. These, these sort of group meetings, cause there's obviously people that will, will, uh, be quite funny, you know? And, um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's, what can I say? It's one of those, um, just, just a so, sort of, you know, plain comedy really. Okay. So, so yep, yep. yeah. Yeah. Because, because to be honest with you, this is a film that I saw the trailer of, I saw the poster of, because it's got Mark Wahlberg, which, as you say, Mark Wahlberg can just coast on being Mark Wahlberg. 
and Rose Byrne, who I love. I love Rose Byrne in almost everything that she's been in. Yeah, Rose and, Byrne is great. Yeah, yeah, I must yeah, admit, I like Rose is. Byrne. She is. She, she's she's yeah, really good. Her. She's really good. Yeah, yeah, she's really good. And yeah, and um, uh, so but I looked at it and I thought that looks massively generic. But I, it sounds as if even it sounds like you say it sort of manages to go a little bit further than just be massively generic. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, as I say, there are some 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 good elements in it there's there's one particular there's like a single lady that wants to adopt which and, and mm-hmm. i've seen i don't even i can't don't know what actress she is really um i'm not sure what what actress she is but i've seen her in some other things um and i can't really place her you know i can't really place her so, <laughs> I, know, I know how you feel yeah 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 i, I, I had a very i had a very similar uh, thing when watching a film this week i was like i think i've seen them before yeah. I mean, I mean, if, for actors from years ago, I'm really, really good on actors, yeah. directors. I can do all those, but all this new contemporary stuff, I don't know if it's just because I can't remember it, but I can't remember. Yeah. Some of them are... have a look, though, where they all look very similar. I've, yeah. But I find some of these um, very attractive young young actresses, they're all, they're all beautiful, but they're all very beautiful in a very similar way. So yeah. I find it quite hard to tell one apart from the other. Um, you've got mm. Octavia Spencer in this, who I think is, yeah, is, she's is good. yeah, yeah. She, she's, she's good. She's a real good standard, standard actress. So, oh yeah, there's a, there's also a, <laughs> the, uh, the actress I'm thinking of, she wants to adopt a specific person, you know, obviously a specific <laughs> child like, with certain <laughs> traits, certain abilities and all that. And obviously, <laughs> so she's like the butt That's of a few of their race. jokes. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, you know, he's got, he's got to be up there, he's got to be this, that, that, that. And, uh, ends up with someone who's totally different. But, uh, you know, it's, um, so, so yeah, it's, it's a feel good movie, you know, and it ends quite well. And it's not, it's, it was, it was better than I thought it was going to be. Mm, I have to say it was better than I thought it was going to be. So, yeah. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah, coming coming from you from a comedy with Mark Wahlberg, I'm going to call that a glowing recommendation. So <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. How how many stars would you give it? I'll I'll give it a three. I'll give it a three. I'll give it a three star because it was okay. It didn't, you know, I wasn't like I didn't hate it. I, I wouldn't say it was like something that I always remember. But yeah, I mean, it was okay and and it was fun and there were some good moments in it yeah. and a good cast really. The cast All was, right, cool. was, was pretty cool. Did it, did it make you feel anything at any point? Um, what you mean as in feel good or like angry? No, it was just, it was okay. It was like one of those, those watch films, you know, um, I'll probably, people probably those ones we took, like we spoke earlier where I probably, you know, probably fade from memory and it will be. And then you're sort of going know, years later. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah I've seen I that. I've seen that. that. <laughs> have you ever like, Sharon, I don't know. And you toast. Have you ever sort of sometimes maybe on TV seen a film and you thought, I've seen this before. You don't know what it is. You know, it's a new one. And you think I've seen this. I've seen, I'm sure I've seen this, you know, maybe years ago, but. Yeah, yeah. So when you ends up, you have seen it. Oh no, I I must have seen this. Like I've forgotten about it. Just forgotten. Yeah, just just forgotten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I have, I have had that. I've had that before. I've also had the thing where I'm watching a film and I'm and I'm confusing it for another film. Uh, (laughs) And you're thinking, why hasn't that happened? Have they cut this to (laughs) cut this to time? I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure they've missed out the bit where Arnold Schwarzenegger does. A, oh, oh, that's another film. That's another one. Oh, <laughs> another one. <laughs> Actually, yeah, uh, the funny thing is, uh, one of the funniest things I've had with this is a, a friend of mine. He, he tells, uh, well, it's one of these he said, she said things. But he tells the story about his cousin. His cousin gets in touch with him, and his cousin is like, you know what? It's like, you know what, Man of Steel, I really, really like Man of Steel. I thought that was really, really good. The first bit where they're talking, you know, the, the bit where they're talking about who Superman is and why he does what he does, I really, really like that. But the sequel, where they just start punching each other, I do not like the sequel. And my, my cousin was like, what do you mean the sequel? They haven't made a sequel. And he's like, yeah, you know, the sequel, where like the bad guys show up on Earth and he starts punching him. He's like, dude, that's the same film. And he was like, what? <laughs> it was just a very long film. <laughs> it was just a very, it was, but, uh, but it's something I've said about Man of Steel, it has two distinct parts. One bit is good. One bit just becomes a punch, punch, punch nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so three stars for Instant Family. All right. Three stars, cool. yeah. Uh, three stars. Now, we go into High Flying Bird, which is a film on Netflix. It's one of the Netflix originals. And this is them sort of flexing their might again. This is Netflix. and uh, It's directed by Steven Soderbergh, who is known by, I mean, all the way from Sex, Lies, and Videotape through to Traffic, Ocean's Eleven. Um, I think there was a film that he did, re- well, he retired, then he came back, and he did uh, Logan Lucky. Oh, Logan which, Lucky, uh, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he did Logan Lucky, which I know I think um Sean, you and I both saw and we quite like that film. We quite like Logan Lucky, yeah. Yeah, that was with yeah. Daniel Craig, wasn't it? Daniel Craig, yeah. Yeah, that was Daniel Craig playing a sort of like a redneck hick kind of kind of person. <laughs> and um so he's come back and I think now he's he's all about being experimental and he's been like that for ages. He doesn't want to spend a lot of money, he wants to try and shoot things quickly, all that. And he made the film Unsane which had Claire Foy in it, and the whole selling point is that it was made on an iPhone. Yes, yeah. I remember the the, the, yeah. the publicity around that, rather than actually seeing it, but I do remember the, I, yes. I, I saw it. I was a little bit disappointed, I think. I seem to remember. Yeah. I think we might have reviewed it on one of our other shows. Yeah, we did, we did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, But now, this is his second film that he's made on an iPhone, uh, with the, and it's, it's called High Flying Bird, and I really, really like this film. This film is... I was watching it and I didn't actually realize it was shot on an iPhone until afterwards because the film is beautiful. I mean, um, uh, compared to something like Unsane, Unsane was, it used the fact that it was an iPhone and some place where it gets all gritty and because it's like a paranoid thriller, it uses the fact it's not supposed to look good and I think it actually leans into that. And with, but with this film, it's like, it's, it's essentially, imagine if Jerry Maguire was directed by Spike Lee. All That's, right, okay. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of like my one line, my 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 one line pitch for this. I mean, it, it does it does the film a disjustice, but an injustice. But that's kind of what it's like because it's all about. It's set during a, a basketball lockout, which means that essentially the players have gone on strike. The players have gone on strike in the NBA because they want more money from the from the owners. The owners are saying we're refusing to give you any more money, and so there's just this sort of like standoff. It's kind of like a basketball Brexit. Or something, yeah. where the where where they just sort of like saying we want more money, we don't want to give you more money. This is our thing. No, this is our job. This is, our... and it's all about this one agent, this sports agent called Ray, played by Andre Holland, who is brilliant in this. And it's about him thinking, what do we want to do with this? What can we actually? What can we achieve with this? And it asks a lot of questions about the way sport works and whether you have um, whether you know, like okay, for Sean, I know you're a football fan. Yes, right. Yeah. And the fact that you have all these players who, who are there and people say, oh, they earn too much money. But at the same time, you have all the owners who are earning even more money off these people who are putting their lives on the line and put, well, not their lives, but their bodies on the line. So mm-hmm. it asks questions like, if a, so what, if this person is only going to be played, only has about 10 years, 10 years of their life to be able to do this. And after that, they don't know what they're going to do. Shouldn't they get paid enough for those 10 years of their life, especially if they might get injured, they might fall over, break an angle, and that's it. Their career's over. They can't make money anymore. Shouldn't they get paid? And it asks all these sort of questions about that. But he, but it also has, because it's America, it has an element of, this is where the Spike Lee thing comes in, of race in it. Because when you first start watching the film, everybody you're introduced to is black. But the higher up the echelons you go, and so you start off like the, talking with the players and with the agents and all that kind of stuff, and everybody's black. But then when you now start getting into the boardrooms, and then you start see, that's when you, you start seeing all these white people, and it comes it becomes this weird thing about okay, all these white guys are sitting around talking about what they're going to do with these black people, and they they hint at it. They have one character played by Bill Duke, who is really he's like an old school coach. And he has this whole thing because people keep talking about, uh, you know, trying to compare the whole thing to slavery, uh, like or a whole bunch of black people working for a white guy. And he goes, and uh, but anytime anybody sort of com- mentions anything about slavery in it, he makes them say this phrase, and it's like, "I love the Lord and all His black people." And so, <laughs> so you have all these great different characters who come together, and it's all about what's going on, how are they going to use this, if this use this situation for their own benefit. But it's such a good film. It's stylish. It's whips up. I think. I think if you watch this, you might have to have subtitles on because a lot of people talk quite quickly. It's it's kind of you know sort of like rat tat 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 dialogue. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I yeah. find that really, hard really... to follow actually. Yeah, it's yeah. it's. Um, I mean, to be honest with you, the film, the first scene of the film, I, I put the film on and thought, okay, I can do some other stuff while I'm watching this film. And after a while, I was like, no, I can't do anything while I'm watching this film. I need <laughs> to pay right. attention <laughs> because Tosin. it's a bit. Yeah, Tosin, just just back to Bill Duke. Was 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 he wanting the. Dude in, in Predator, was he with Arnie Schwarzenegger? He was the dude in Predator. Yeah, you know, he the one who's like with the... With the he, yeah, he was. Bald, yeah. bald head, bald head, That's big it. eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah so That's funny, it's, isn't it? I mean, I'm not very good at actors' names, but I remember that one because I really... in I know we're, we're digressing a little bit, like I do, shoot yeah. for a tangent, but in Predator, I really liked his role. I thought he had a great role in Predator. I really yeah. did. Anyway, yeah, sorry, go on. Back back to... Yeah, back imagine, to, imagine that guy, but grown up. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that guy grew up, moved to New York, and became a basketball coach. But so it's so it, I think the film, as I said, it is ratatat, and I think well, I thought uh, because of what happens and all the machinations that are going on, you have to pay attention. I'm still not entirely sure what happens at the end. I think I, have, I need to go back and go. Hang on. So what happened at the end? Who won? But I, I but I all think right. that's supposed to be. But it, it's it's so, a really so, really so, good thing. The cast is on the cast is on song. Great film. So is it is it pro owners or pro pro players or is it pretty neutral? Would you say? Ooh, is it, I I was putting you on the spot I, a bit. I, no, I, I think this film comes. It's sort of like more on the side of the players. Right. Okay. I think the, yeah. fil- the film the film comes across as more on the side of the players, but it asks questions about it and it says like you know kind of like okay, how much is too much money? When does greed stop? And I, th- I think it's 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 a very stylish made movie about quite a thorny subject and i just really really love the way they did it yeah. and i could not could not Would believe you... it was made on an iphone i'll give it a four could you almost say that it was like a companion to things like moneyball where it's like a it's a sports film but it's not really about the sport it's about exactly. things that go on around moneyball. the yeah because moneyball was great yeah moneyball was but that really exactly. wasn't about no, it... baseball was it it was about it was about yeah the system, like the system or how you yeah, can how, 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 how the system works it... for good or ill Sharon, really. that... I think you have hit the nail on the head. <laughs> is, uh, I honestly think you have. She's because, good at that. Ouch! Yeah. <laughs> it, it is. It's a, it's a sports movie that isn't really about sports. You don't really get much basketball played in it or anything like that. It's it's because even the the tagline is is um, how to play the game behind the game. So it's it's yeah. not really about the sports. There's hardly any basketball in it. It's all about what happens behind the scenes in basketball. Yes, that makes it how... slightly more interesting to me, I have to say, because like Moneyball, I couldn't be more disinterested in baseball, but I thought that was a yeah. really interesting oh, oh, film. Terrific film. And so I think and this, I, you well. know, basketball means nothing to yeah. me whatsoever. So, but I think the film sounds, you know, intriguing. Mm, so a four true. is a good recommendation. That's a good recommendation. Yeah, I would, but just remember, have your, have your subtitles on. Right. Probably will need to because I'm not very good with American accents anyway. I think I don't watch enough television to be that familiar with it. So every now and then I'm thinking, what did he just say? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah. I quite I quite like because sometimes in in some films when they mention like I can't even remember what the film was, but they were saying about you know they mentioned like American quarterbacks or, they, or there's American references in films and people probably don't yeah. know who they are and I do and I'm like oh yeah I, I can know see. who that is yeah and I was yeah. like oh, no yeah, idea oh, <laughs> no is idea. it a bit like in, in Corpus you when they go Elway or Manning Elway or Manning yeah exactly right Elway or Manning no you have no clue have you? No. Yeah, <laughs> Elway no yeah idea. Corpus suit El- well I said that I think we was yeah. in there and I said and you said because uh, one of the questions yeah. was who is the best quarterback and you immediately uh, said Elway and I, I thought, said yeah huh? I said because I said Elway before yeah before even before even they said it on the screen. Because yeah. obviously being in Denver, and and Elway yeah. was like in the eighties, uh, uh, you know, John Elway was like like the class quarterback. And I said it, oh, didn't I? I? Do you remember? Yeah, when he he said he was the I remember you said it. I was thinking, yeah. who? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I couldn't <laughs> name a quarterback yeah. from Elway. any in the last two centuries. Yeah. I just couldn't do it. So I've actually been to the football stadium in Denver, Mile High Stadium. The so Mile High Stadium. stadium yeah. That's what it's called. Yeah, that's because it's like a mile. It must high. be quite hard to breathe there. Yeah, yeah. I think the um, I can't really remember about the breathing. I think I was just just I so excited to be there yeah. the whole time. Yeah, I, I've yeah. I've been to Colorado and I I definitely had I I remember running up a flight of stairs and wondering why am I so out of breath? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do I feel, like, what I feel like I need to have a rest? It, it it's really where people are like that's because we're a mile high. And I'm like what? <laughs> it's yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, but the, yeah, that's four stars for that. And cool. okay, cool. We're now we're gonna go into fighting with my family. Unfortunately, it's going to be my voice again because I'm the only one who's seen this. And uh, Fighting With My Family is a film about a wrestling family from Norwich. From Norwich? It, yeah, from that's, Norwich. It, hasn't it got The Rock? It has yeah. got The Rock in it. Yeah, it's and got it was, Sharon's, Sharon's, yeah. Sharon's and little favourite. Is it directed? Yeah, directed by Stephen Merchant. So you oh, wouldn't wow. put him down as a no. WWE so, fan, would you? No, you wouldn't. So, no, it's a, I'm going to check this I, one. Yeah, well, I think I think you should, I, Sean. I think you would really, really like this film. So, Fighting My Family. It's based on a documentary that was called "The Restless Fighting My Family" that was on Channel Four a couple of years ago, and it's all about. Um, essentially, it's about a lady called Paige. She's a WWE wrestler, and she's a what they they call the female arm of WWE is referred to as the Divas, and it's essentially her life story, how she came from being coming from Norwich and from uh from. Well, the, well, not not the most privileged background in, Nor- in Norwich 
to being this world superstar in America in, in, because they're just like two worlds that you just really can't put together. And I think that the, that's one of the things I really, really like about this film. It's like it puts the, it's, it does a lot of contrasting the lifestyle in Norwich to the lifestyle in Florida where she, she ends up going to and she ends up training and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's a bit of a rags to riches tale. It's a bit of a biopic. It's a bit of like, you know, you know the sport movie that starts off in one place and then through adversity and all that, oh my God, they won the championship. <laughs> it's, yeah, it, yeah it, it's, it's one of those films. It's one of those films. But it's done with just so much heart. And I think the fact that it has, this is, this is one of those films, but it's a film that starts in Norwich. <laughs> it, it just it gives it gives it a different sheen. It gives a different sheen. I've seen the documentary Fighting with My Family, and I think it is the family is fascinating because this entire family, their whole life is wrestling. Their dad is called Rowdy Ricky Knight. He's he's a wrestler, and their mum is called Sweet Saraya Knight. She she's a wrestler as well. They both sort of like um they both credit wrestling with with getting them out of drugs and out of jail and all that kind of stuff. But the entire family is built into the only source of income is wrestling. Everything about this whole family, if you're in this family, you're into wrestling. And it to see the way the family goes and they go into the they go into the wrestling ring and they fight against each other and you have like brother fighting against sister, all that kind of stuff. It's it's really, really I think that the family is one of those they're one of those wonderful cases of like, you know, eccentricity that you just look at and go, This is awesome. I want to see more of these people. And I think the film is perfectly cast because you have Lena Headey, who plays the she plays the mother. And having seen the real mother in the documentary, I think Lena Headey gets it like spot on. <laughs> you have uh, Nick Nick Frost who plays the dad, and he 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 well, he, he does does it really really well. And it's just so very English. They're, they're just so very English. So when you actually have them coming up against the Americans, when because Vince Vaughn shows up as the guy who phones up and says, "I want to sign your daughter. Do- I want to sign your daughter to." to come to the WWE and all that. But but in, in the midst of all this, they also do a lot of stuff with a family drama because they, this family has two kids who are really into wrestling. There's the daughter and there's the son. And the daughter, she got picked for WWE and the son didn't. And the son is the son is older. He started wrestling earlier. This has been his lifelong dream. And there's the whole thing about him having to sit back and watch his sister live his dream. And I think the film does that really well about how they do that. And they go a bit more into that than the documentary does. But I would recommend this film. It's a great sort of family film. It does, you know, have that whole message about, oh, have your family around you and all that kind of stuff. But I'd give it four. I don't think, it, I think the, the Norwich scenes keep it from becoming schmaltzy and the outlook on life and the way they go about it. And the, some of the lines in it are just hilarious. So cool. I'll give Fighting With My Family four out of five. And I'll recommend that, yeah, if you guys get a chance, go see it. I will, yeah, I'll I was probably check that. Racking my brains to think of there was a play I saw at school about a woman who did, who got into wrestling. And this, I'm talking about the sort of English style wrestling from like the 80s, where, mm. you know, it's like oh, yeah. Big Daddy and, you know, Kendo Nakasaki and all that sort of wrestling, you know, that was hugely popular on a Saturday afternoon yeah, yeah, when I was yeah. growing up. It was like the thing to watch. And it was about a girl who, I'm trying to think what her name was. It was something like Trafford. Tamsey, or there was a, there was an interesting name about it, but I remember seeing that play at school, and this just reminded me of that about this wrestling family and how the wrestling world really transformed their lives. But that was very yeah. English. But I'm just desperately trying to wrap my brains to think of what it was called. But I'm trying to think, was it Trafford something? But we did we watched it at school that they'd set up a wrestling ring in the middle of ours school auditorium and we had to we were encouraged to shout insults at the oh, nice, different nice. yeah yeah nice. that's that's what they do that's what they, they do in this film and i think it's it's the and some is the contrast the contrast between these people who set up a ring and wrestle in a village hall in norwich uh, compared to when they go to america and then there's a scene where they go to wrestlemania and it's just kind of so it, it actually makes you think it's mental that a girl from norwich ended up there how did that happen <laughs> and, but but it's really good and i think the the performances are brilliant For florence Pugh, uh who plays uh plays uh um, yeah she's Paige. very good yeah yeah florence Pugh is good jack loden who was in 71 sean he plays he plays the brother Zodiac oh wow uh, yeah yeah and it's and he was in dunkirk as well he was dunkirk. on the pilots he, in dunkirk yeah yeah he was uh, so when he went I in would, for the seat. 
I would totally recommend that. I would recommend you watch this film. I think it's yeah, of, well, because I, I mean, there's not I, there's not like huge amounts on. I don't think next week, no, so that'll be one to catch up and perhaps and that, perhaps we we'll see well, it together yes, and yeah. we'll give you your we'll give you we'll our give thoughts. Yeah, but that play was Good called Trafford Tansy, and yeah. it was a very similar thing about this woman who yeah. takes to the ring. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, um, I'll tell you what film I would want to see for next week is the kid who would be king. Okay, I'll let you. I'll let yeah. you have that one then. That's your. That's your one. I, I won't. I won't be. I won't be worrying with that. I don't think for me. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Cool. I could. I could talk more about fighting with my family because I love the film. But let's move on. And um, so now we have Sean. How do you say this? A photographer of of Matt Housen. Matt Housen. Matt Housen. So, so tell us about this. You saw this okay. on Netflix. Yeah. Well, this um, basically Matt Housen was one of the early concentration labor camps of 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 you know Nazi Germany. And um, basically, this is the story about Spanish. They, they were in the Spanish Civil War. So, so they're Spanish communists, basically. And Franco has, has sort of shoved them Germany and said, you can have them as forced labor if you want. So they work at this. They, they work at Matt Howes in the concentration camp. And gradually, as the film goes on, you know, there's more. There's like Jews that get exported. There's more and more. But obviously, being as they're Spanish and they're slightly they're, they're slightly different to what we say the, the, the rest of the camp. But they, they've got this photographer. There's a there's a German officer who, who takes photographs of different photographs, and obviously these two Spanish guys are his assistants. And you know they move around, they move the camera and the lights and all that, and and produce the the films and the photographs. And then the, one of the, one of them decides that he needs to um, keep the negatives or hide the negatives and and different places so that when the war finishes or whatever, they can they've got a record. They, they've of got a record of it, you know, because. There. Yeah, they've got a record of the atrocities and, and things that go on. So yeah, so it's it's a it's a concentration camp movie. Um so and it's subtitled, so I mean it's a foreign foreign film. It's a Spanish film, yeah. It's a Spanish film, yeah. So obviously, you know, you know, the 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 Spanish they, they talk Spanish a lot between them. And I mean there's like I suppose it's quite good in the way that it shows shows some of the things that went on because there are certain inmates in this thing that obviously are prostitutes and and the, the the German officer says to him, "Well, because you've you've helped me so much, I'm going to, you know, you, you pay for you to go one of these." And what he does, he gives gives the, the prostitute these negatives to sort of hide. Anyway, as the yeah. war as as it proceeds and the war gets on and the Russians are more and more liberated, they suddenly, you know, they want to destroy the stuff. Obviously, they destroy all the evidence. So they say, yeah. right, you know, all the fo- photographs and that, and then they they sort of somehow discover and. I, I mean, I won't say what happens next, but you you can imagine the type of thing. So, mm. yeah, that's basically the story: Spanish, Spanish, Spanish rebels in a in a German concentration camp. Yeah, you, you don't know. tend to think of um, you don't know Franco's sort of reject as they Rejects, were, yeah. or people who from the Spanish Civil War still being that's directly affected yeah. by the Second World War because you tend to forget that. It immediately preceded yeah. the Second World War, unless you've read like the Prime of Miss Jean Brodie, which. Mm. It's it's all about. Yeah. <laughs> so you tend to forget that it is, you know, part of. Yeah, there's you know, there's, there's a couple of scenes reminding me of Schindler's List as well, because obviously you have got the mm. the Nazi Nazi, the horrible Nazi, you know, and the one that's like pretty just goes along with things as yeah. they are. So you've got all those all the stock characters, and obviously they get sent to this party where, like, it's obviously an officer party, you know, with German. He they, they go along with the with the lights for the so they can take photographs of the family and what's going on and that and they they've got some of the inmates be, be in wait, waiters and waitresses and stuff so I mean that's quite a good scene that's quite an interesting thing some interesting things happen yeah. there yeah so Sharon <coughs> yes Sharon you have you have some competition as my Netflix Indiana Jones person <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'll be like Sean go find me something interesting I'm like oh what because I'm looking this at it now a... this looks this looks well interesting. It looks, it looks yeah, and it's new, fairly new to Netflix. I think it was new this this month. Yes, it's last a new month. release. It's a new yeah. release. So yeah, so yeah, so 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 how many how many stars would you give it, Sean? Well, I'd have to give it. I mean, I, I didn't think it was amazingly good, but I would I would yeah. give it a really really strong three, possibly bordering yeah. a four. I mean, I don't yeah. think I could quite give it a four because there's a few moments, but I should imagine a lot of people yeah. will will really really enjoy this film uh, from that that. 
you know, that's the way it is. And obviously, after that, that's when I watched, I spoke earlier about watching the documentaries. I, I sort of, uh, because obviously when it comes up, it goes, oh, you might be interested in these yes. documentaries, you know, like about <laughs> concentration camps and you stuff were, and all that. You watched a film about a certain concentration camp. You're very interested in this. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah. so yeah, so I, it's definitely, definitely a strong three, bordering a four. So, so yeah, it's worth a watch. All right. Yeah, cool. I think, I think I might have to go find some time. I have to go find some time. Mm. Oh, my word. Well, well, well you busy. see this one. You see this one, and uh, me and Sharon will go. We'll go together. We'll try and make a point of going to see yeah, the rock because she likes the rock. I don't I, think I, I like the rock. <laughs> yeah. so cool. We'll do that. We'll pick a pick a day. Pick a yeah. day. Yeah, you know, we'll go. Yeah, is, go, it, is it like the, the the rock is good in this because obviously he plays himself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> he, yeah, he, yeah, he can, he, can't he? Yeah. He, well, no, no. I mean, he, he no, he literally plays himself yeah. because in turned in up to pages, ten. It's like he's the rock, but turned up to eleven. Really, that's so, so because in this in this film, uh, because in the real in the true life story, he actually met Paige and he knew her while she was doing her training and all that kind of. So he's actually a part of her story. So oh, cool. he plays. So he plays himself in the film, and uh, he the, he is he is quite funny. And there's one particular thing that if you know anything about the history of what's been going on behind the scenes of the Fast and Furious movies. There's a line above. Don't talk to Vin me Diesel. about Fast and Furious movies. <laughs> I can't do them. I'm really, really yeah, not a big fan of them. You know that. Yeah, I, I know that. I know that. But if you know anything be, uh, that what's been going on behind the scenes of the Fast and Furious movies, like essentially, let me put it this way: there's a reason why The Rock and Jason Statham are having their own spin-off without Vin Diesel. There's a line about <laughs> there's a line about Vin Diesel in the film that is hilarious. <laughs> that oh, is cool. absolutely hilarious. Cool. <laughs> All right, cool. Anyway, so we have collated the scores. We have gone through Netflix. We have gone through cinema this week, and we have come to the point where we say who the winner is. And this week, the winner is. Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. Convincingly this have... week, is it? Or is it a convincing it, week for Netflix? It's actually a bit closer. Netflix has won by 0.2 of a point. Wow. Okay. There's a 0.2 of a point. So, yeah, it's 3.6 uh, as opposed to 3.4. So, um, when we average the scores out. So, Netflix, uh, we say that this week we had a better time at Netflix. So, all that's left to do is to say, I hope you guys really enjoy fighting with my family. I will try yes. to see the photographer of Mauthausen. And, um, yeah, let's see what else is on the cinema for next week. Oh, I will definitely see The Kid Who Would Be King because that's okay. Joel Cornish. And okay. I like Joel Cornish. He did he did Attack the Block, which I know some people don't like, but I don't understand. No, I thought I it was really good. Film. Yeah, yeah. And this is him. It's, his, it's kind of his take on the Arthurian legend, but set in a South London school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is, mm, that'd be good, yeah, yeah, it, it's a, it sounds mad. It sounds absolutely mad. I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. So all that's left to say is goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. <laughs> See you goodbye, later. Everyone. Thanks Bye. for listening. See you next week. <laughs>